0: More at Fidelity.com slash wealth. Investment minimums apply. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Thursday, April 20th. And now that we've gotten through tax season, I can turn our attention to paying for college. Yep. Everybody's got those uh, their their acceptance letters in hand, their inscrutable financial aid and awards letters in hand, and you've got uh, about ten days to get cracking and figure out what exactly you're going to do. And as always, I like this conversation um, in general about is college worth it and how you're going to pay for college and all of that. I hope that you guys are having these conversations much earlier than your kids' senior year in high school. I hope, I hope that you are starting to have conversations about college when kids are freshmen and fresh women in high school. And the reason is that, you know, you want to prepare them. You want to have some some of that knowledge in your kids' brains as they approach their application process. So yesterday I went on the air with CBS Mornings and our fantastic anchors, Gail King, Nate Burleson, Tony DeCopel, and we talked about this idea of paying for college, is college worth it? and what choices families really do have. So Mark and I are going to talk on the other side of this. So here is the segment that aired yesterday.
1: In today's Money Watch, we're talking about the cost of college, a huge issue for many families nationwide as they struggle with high inflation. May 1st is known as National College Decision Day, and the clock is ticking for high school seniors to decide where they will go. The cost of tuition has skyrocketed, jumping more than 35 percent in the past decade or so. Right now, the average total cost of going to an in-state public college, which includes tuition, room and board, and books, is about $26,000 a year. Mm. It's about $44,000 a year for out-of-state students and about $54,000 a year for private nonprofit colleges. CBS News business analyst Jill Schlesinger is here. Good morning. She's here to break it all down like boxes on Recycling Day. Wow. So let's jump right into it. hmm Financial aid packages. They can be very, very confusing.
0: It is so difficult because there's not a uniform way that right. every college in the United States has to report to you and your family what these numbers mean. So imagine you could be pretty confused. Grant, scholarship, loan, what's what? Yeah. So here's the thing. What's, yeah. what's free. What's free and what's, what's not. Right. And, a, and a lot of times the words sound different in each letter. So you um. really have to go back to the school and say, OK, hold on. What's free money? What's the loan? And if this is a loan, what are the terms of the loan? Mm. What is this going to cost me? By the way, if you do get somebody on the phone at that school, you might say, how can we sweeten the financial aid offer? It actually does work, mostly if your kid calls him or herself, because if the parent calls, it doesn't work as well.
1: Jill, the really hard thing with college is it's an investment, right? You're paying X amount and you hope to get X amount back and the money you'll make as an employee somewhere How does a high school senior who has, say, uh, admission to an expensive, higher-ranked academic institution weigh that versus admission to, like, a a, a public college that's lower cost but maybe doesn't have the name recognition? How do they? I mean, and does it cost us such a? Yeah, I
0: I think the big problem with the rankings is that many of the big rankings that we've all talked about for years and years. They're kind of being debunked because these are self-reported metrics, right? The school says, hey, Tony went to school here. Here's how much money he makes. So there's actually a really interesting new tool out from The New York Times that allows you to customize the variables that matter to you. And I really think this is important because what's important to me might be different than for Gail or Nate or you. Mm -hmm. And so what I think people need to really consider is that the value of a college degree is immense. People do make more over their lifetimes with a college degree than with a high school degree. But if you go into so much debt to get that degree, it may not work out to be the same return on that investment. Yeah, but I like Tony's question. So you're saying if you have a choice between a higher-ranked school that's more expensive, maybe you should rethink that? because Absolutely, okay. because if you are putting pressure on yes. you as a student coming out or your family, mm. that has a whole different set of ramifications. So what's the right amount yeah. to borrow for college then? You know, there's been a rule of thumb. I've talked about it on the show in the past that I really like for a student, him or herself, I mm-hmm. think it's great to try to say, I will make my total borrowing less than my projected first year salary, my projected first year salary. So, you know what? Let's say I'm going to be a docent at a art gallery. That might be $30,000. Let's say I'm going to be a software engineer. That might be $80,000. But if you're the parent, the other thing to consider is if you're looking at all of your own borrowing as a family, you might say, hey, let's keep our borrowing for all of our children, less than one annual years of salary. And I think this is really good. It's a good way to stay out of trouble.
1: So Tony mentioned this investment, right? You invest in a college hoping to get that in return so you can start your life as an adult and make money. Um, there, it, there was a recent poll um, in the Wall Street Journal. More than half of Americans believe that a four-year degree is a bad bet. So I ask, in your opinion, this is why we have you here, mm-hmm. is going to, to, to college and getting that degree a good thing nowadays
0: first of all we've just come off of that survey after a very hot job market so that's number one but what we do know is based on the numbers a high school degree lifetime earnings you will earn less than with a college degree and actually every single degree that you get the numbers go up dramatically so if i say a high school degree versus an associate degree versus a college degree master's phd professional the numbers go up exponentially there's a big but again if you borrow too much for a degree that does not pay an adequate salary to service that debt, yeah. you're in trouble. And can I point out, the level of interest rates has really changed these mm. equations. Remember, when many people were getting their student loans, they were getting 3 4% loans from the federal government. The range of federal government loans right now is for undergraduates, you're 5%. If you're getting a parent, a plus loan, It's almost more than 7.5%. This can weigh on your future. Okay, Mark, what was really shocking to me is that when I was preparing to do this segment was to see just how much the rates had popped on federal student loan interest rates. Like, It is amazing. A plus loan, a parent loan, 7.54%. And the other thing that I should also be clear about is that we don't have any information about the, um, the SCOTUS decision, right? The Supreme Court is actually hearing arguments or has heard arguments about the Biden loan forgiveness, I went back and read those oral arguments that took place in February. I got to tell you something. I think this is going to get overturned. I don't know of what's going to happen next, and we'll be here to hold your hands through it, but I got to tell you that uh, it is amazing to me that there are tens of millions of people who think they're going to get their loans erased. They may not. They may not. And I also want to be clear that as as much as I am a fan of having education and there is a real earnings differential between, say, um, let's say a high school degree and a Bachelor of Arts, right? 1.6 million lifetime earnings for a high school education, a BA, it's 2.8 million. So that's a big difference, you know? But- the thing is, you cannot borrow so much money that you are just leading a life where you are digging out and delaying your financial milestones. And, you know, I, I was looking at some data, Mark, where it was the Education Data Initiative said that graduates in 2022 are projected to take 10 years to pay back roughly $45,000 of debt if they make monthly payments of 345 bucks. But we know that there are people who are not doing that and it really does weigh on them. So I'm always concerned that parents and grandparents, that they're not just writing checks and maybe hurting themselves, but also that kids are operating under real heavy burdens. And we talk to people who are operating under those burdens. It's real, right? It's real. I mean, I've told the story before, but when I went to college, I went to Arizona State and I, I was obviously, I was a uh, out-of-state resident, so out-of-state tuition. But at the time... I don't know if this still is the case, but at the time, if you took summer classes, there was no out of state tuition. It was just like a flat fee. And, you know, basically you're paying in state. So I took, you know, for all the summers that I was there, I took full course loads throughout the entire summer just so I wouldn't have to take out loans for out of state tuition. And I think when I graduated, you know, I had some loans, but it was manageable. I think I had like fifteen thousand dollars in debt. It's the whole idea is it's manageable. And we've always talked to people about the choices that they're making around education. I talk about this in the book in the great money reset about what it means to actually make a decision around education. You really have to figure out, you know, what are the skills and the knowledge and the credentials that you are going to get by going back to school? We've heard from people who have like taken on piles of debt and they're not making that much more money. So, you got to figure out how your career is going to benefit and you got to figure out how you're going to pay for it. And you got to figure out if there are any cheaper ways to get where you want to go. So, um, for parents and grandparents, Mark and I remain committed to telling you the 529 plan is by far the best way that you can save for college. And now, with Secure Act 2.0, don't forget starting next year that uh, 529 account owners, let's say your kid gets um, into school, gets a scholarship or doesn't use this, you can roll over a lifetime limit of $35,000 from a 529 plan into a Roth IRA for the beneficiary. That's sweet, right? Just make sure that account has to be open for 15 years. So get it open, get it up and running. Yeah. And I think it's also subject, it says the rollover is subject to the $6,500 per year limit. So you can't do it all at once so it's 6500 so it's got to be open for 15 years and you could you've got to be able to roll it over 6500 or whatever whatever the amount will be in the future any contributions made within the last 5 years are not eligible for this but if you're worried oh i don't want to save money for my kids because it will just be for college this is a real beautiful way out but it's a tough thing. And um, if you can get yourself in a position where you don't have to um, force your kids to make really horrible choices very late in the game, that's even better. There's some good resources. And During the segment, I mentioned there's this new New York Times ranking tool that they created. It's amazing. I pounded on that over the last few days. It's great. So ditch the stupid uh, U.S. News and World Report because they're ridiculous. Check out the New York Times tool that allows you to customize data and make it more meaningful to you and your kid and your family. So check that out. All right. I think that's it. So uh, make your choices. Be careful. If you need help, we're here to hold your hand. So it's if it's education, if you need some more help around a 529 plan, if you're thinking about draining your own retirement account to pay for your kid or your grandkids college, don't do it. Talk to us first. Go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air. Don't forget, if you are really interested in resetting your life and you want to make a decision around education, you probably should buy the book, The Great Money Reset, because it's going to help you frame some of these questions. We also have our brand new service called Jill on Money Live. That gives you access to quarterly live webinars and more special content We are delighted that you listen to us every day and we never take it for granted. Put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow.